0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, brought to you by Overtime Media. I am Jake Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. Of course, your Rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin athletics from the recruiting trail inside Camp Randall Stadium, of course, on the court of the Kohl Center in a very busy week for Wisconsin athletics, uh, Wisconsin football in, in particular. We won't necessarily talk about basketball Today on this podcast, it's about uh, ten to noon here in Madison. This will get up early afternoon hours on Saturday, so you guys have something to listen to. In between all the the craziness of the weather and whatnot, and recovering from the holidays, and and really the news, there's been a lot of it for Wisconsin football in the past week, and that's what we're going to try to talk to today. I don't have a guest for today's show, but I kind of wanted to break down just all that happened with Wisconsin looking for a new offensive line coach, obviously recruiting news, a key target, chooses another Big Ten program, you have players that are declaring uh, for the NFL draft, and so I kind of wanted to break it all down here so that, uh, making sure I have all my, (laughs) I have everything uh, laid out I didn't miss any news either either right so let's get into it real quick let's start with Monday right uh, a lot of news dropped and there were good news there was good news too right with a commitment let's start off with the good news Wisconsin picked up a commitment from a transfer cornerback from the Mac that was Toledo's cornerback Justin Clark you can actually hear our conversation with Justin on badgerblitz.com's YouTube page not trying to plug that overly too much but please go to that you'll you'll hear what he had to say about his relationship with cornerbacks coach Hank Poteet, talking about what made him decide to come to Wisconsin and just how he was used in Toledo's defense and what could be expected of him when he gets to Madison. So that was a great conversation with the sixth-year player, the would-be sixth-year player out of Pontiac, Michigan, and uh, played at the same high school as A.J. Abbott And former Badger wide receiver Taj Mustafa too. So uh, again, another Michigan connection leads with you know for Wisconsin and a player coming to Madison. So with that too, let's talk about Clark's stats real quick. He played in 45 career games for Toledo, according to Toledo's website. For him, 109 tackles, four interceptions, 16 passes defended, including two fumble recoveries and one forced fumble. Looking at his stats for 2021, 20, 11 games played, 30, 22 tackles overall, a tackle for loss, an interception, and a pass defended for the Mac program there. So Wisconsin's getting an experienced defensive back. Obviously, Wisconsin loses Caesar Williams. Wisconsin loses Fayan Hicks, and Ben Wargle and I talked about it, our fellow senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. We discussed the loss of Hicks last week. It was last weekend when we recorded this podcast So there will be, like the defense overall, there will be some turnover that will need to be replaced, and Clark provides what looks like a veteran presence to go with Dean Ingram, to go with Alexander Smith and Samar Melvin, and some of the younger players like Ricardo Hallman, Amon Williams, Al Ashford. So, and then, you know, it'll be interesting to see just what comes of it, especially with even, you have Wisconsin uh, bringing, you know, a Corey Lide, Avion Jones with the 2022 class, it'll be interesting to see how that cornerback room reloads. And I have, I guess I'm thinking high on Ingram from what he showed in the slot this year when he was in during the nickel packages. Alexander Smith has game experience too. So there will be some turnover within that cornerback group, but there are players that have experience and Clark now adds to that group. Of course, then we get to the other news on Monday. Well, let's talk about it. Joe Rudolph, you know, news started trickling out on Monday morning about Joe Rudolph, the associate head coach, offensive line coach for Wisconsin, and the expected hiring of him at Virginia Tech, Uh, you know, according to, you know, I think it was Football Scoop used those exact words verbatim uh, within that, and then obviously you saw the Wisconsin State Journal, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talk to Rudolph too, and that, uh, and then, Virginia Tech announced it later that morning, and it's a significant uh, news. Obviously, it's a significant transition for whoever takes over that offensive line position. You look at what Rudolph did. Obviously, this is his second stint as a Wisconsin assistant. You know, and then on top of that, he's a former player, right? He, he won a Rose Bowl under the mentorship of Barry Alvarez back with that '93 team, and so. You know, but you look at what he did in the second tenor, tenure as an assistant. He, you know, at one point, obviously an offensive coordinator, he, you know, held, you know, an associate head coach title. He was the offensive line coach since 2015 when Paul Crist arrived, uh, you know, and then obviously the offensive coordinator title was taken off of him this, you know, this past season. But, you know, he this, these are some of the guys that he's tutored that he's taken to the NFL, right? Tyler Biotish, Michael Dieter. David Edwards, Ryan Ramcheck. Now, I know Ryan Ramchek too, as well, you know, came as a D3 transfer, but you saw what he did in his lone year in Madison in 2016. You know, Bo Benchwell, John Dietz, and Cole Van Lennon have all been on practice squads this season. Uh, Biotis won the Remington Trophy, which is given to the nation's top center uh, in college football. You also had, you know, he was also a unanimous All-American in 2019 before declaring for the draft that was a year early too by the way uh, he could have stayed one more season uh, Dieter and Edwards both claimed all-american nods during their time too and you just there were you saw with Wisconsin and you know under Rudolph's mentorship you know open holes for Daria Gumbowale Corey Clement you had of course Jonathan Taylor Braylon Allen yeah, there's also the, so you have the football field aspect of that, but you also have kind of the, the recruiting aspect. Joe Rudolph was a good recruiter. Right. And so with that, you you know, you talk to someone like Nolan Rucci, the five-star recruit, you know, we did an article on badger about him. And, you know, I asked him, you know, I know that you've talked about him in the past, just, but just on the recruiting trail, just how is Rudolph and how did he help you know, you get here. That's what I asked Nolan Rucci. And he said, you know, Rudy was great. And he recalled the time talking about being in eighth grade. And when his older brother, Hayden Rucci, Wisconsin, one of Wisconsin's tight ends that will be called upon next year with Jake Ferguson leaving. But you you know, this is from the, you know, I transcribed it verbatim. He kind of set me down on my own, just in the O-line office, just him and I, we went through some film I didn't know a whole lot about a lot of what he was talking about at the time, but it was really good to kind of get the information. I think just him showing that he cares about me and that he really wants me to be here. And so I think from very early on, Rudy's been such a real dude and was really instrumental in my recruiting process. And you've seen Joe Rudolph recruit, I think I'm not mistaken, the the Ohio area, uh, Pennsylvania area too. I remember Cade Iacomelli talking about how Joe Rudolph was going out to see a practice of his, uh, what was it, like late November, early December, when we had him on our YouTube channel. So Wisconsin will need to replace someone that's done, uh, you know, that's taken Wisconsin linemen and taken them to the NFL to have dominant run games. Wisconsin was a top 25 team in in running the ball this year, over 210 yards, I think it's 210.9 yards per game. On top of that, uh, you know, the recruiting prowess, they'll need to replace, but we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, obviously everyone's talked about the one assistant on staff already that has previous offensive line experience. That's Bob Bostad who coached the offensive line for Wisconsin, you know, under the Brett Bielema regime when Paul Christ was offensive coordinator. That was from 2008 to 2011. Gabe Karimi, John Moffitt, Peter Kahns, Kevin Zeitler, uh, Travis Frederick, Ricky Wagner, uh, I'm sure I'm missing a name, Josh Oglesby, you know, all those players played underneath him. And, and you saw the quality of those lines too. Now we'll see just what direction Paul Chris goes, you know, as of Saturday afternoon, we have no information as to, or, you know, in terms of reports as to really who's interviewed for the position, if there's have been interviews at all, uh, you know, that we've been kind of quiet on that in terms of public reports. So we'll just see who Paul Chris looks to for that offensive line role. But of course, stay tuned to BadgerBlitz.com for more uh, when news breaks. And we'll have analysis and breakdown to uh, whoever takes over that position. Uh, A critical one for Wisconsin that has a lot of youthful talent that was assembled underneath, you know, the recruiting class, especially the most recent ones, uh, you know, looking at the 2019, 2020, 2021 classes. And you do have, you know, a couple coming in 2022 with Joe Brunner, and Barrett Nelson as scholarship players there. I guess, talking about Wisconsin's 2022 class then, Wisconsin has Brunner, they have Nelson, but this week as well, after the news broke about Joe Rudolph heading to Virginia Tech, Wisconsin fans also saw Carson Hinsman, the four-star 2022 number one center in the recruiting class, announced that he would head to Ohio State instead of Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin and Ohio State as the final two. Uh, we've chronicled that at, on BadgerBlitz.com. But now the top 100 player, according to rivals for this cycle, heads to Columbus. Uh, he's down in San Antonio right now for the All-American Bowl, both him and Bailey Strouth, the St. Mary Springs product that now will head to Notre Dame. And he announced that in December. Wisconsin missed out on two you know, four-star Rivals, top 250 prospects from within the state on the line. So, uh, again, we'll see just what comes of more recruiting. You know, there'll be, there's transfers, obviously, uh, for Wisconsin uh, in terms of a place kicker, but also Justin Clark, like we mentioned earlier. And, you know, we'll see what else happens and develops over the next three, three ish weeks, three, four ish weeks with national signing, the official national signing day coming in you know, the first Wednesday of February. So stay tuned for more for recruiting news from BadgerBlitz.com. But obviously uh, that one stinks for Wisconsin just because another in-state product and Hinsman uh, heads elsewhere compared to, you know, what we saw, you know, what, 2020, where you saw Jack Nelson and Trey Wedig both commit to Wisconsin uh, in that class, two four-star products that stayed within the state. So from there, folks, uh, let's just take a quick break, one quick ad to pay the bills, come back. uh, We'll talk about the Chanel's leaving, talking about Leo, uh, Jack Sanborn leaving. And we'll also uh, dive in, in my eyes, to the inside linebacker position. So stay tuned here on BadgerBlitz.com and the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We are back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening to my ramblings so far here on t- this week's episode. Let's get into some of the, the other news of the week. Let's start with you know the news from Monday. Leo, Leo Chanel... The Big Ten Butkus Fitzgerald linebacker of the year played in 11 of Wisconsin's 13 games this past season. Led the program in tackles and tackles for loss, hurries, etc. Uh, a presence, to say the least, on Wisconsin's defense that was ranked among the top units in a variety of ca- uh, categories in 2021. He declares for the NFL draft. And, you know, talking about those stats real quick again, 115 tackles, 18.5 tackles for loss, five quarterback carries, uh, very much an impact player second on the team in sacks behind Nick Herbig. You saw the intensity and his strength, even against army, the timing of the snaps, you know, and whatnot, which led them making some plays very much an impact loss for the program that will need, again, I mentioned this earlier, is going to have a lot of positions, not just on defense, I'll say, but also offense where they're going to need to replace key parts, uh, key players. And Chanel's impact's been huge, especially with Jack Sanborn, who he himself said goodbye to uh, Wisconsin. you know, I think it was yesterday that he tweeted out his goodbye graphic on social media. Uh, At least I think it was on Twitter that I saw. So that inside linebacker, I'll get into that in a little bit, but the inside linebacker group will need players to step up. There's one player I'm really intrigued by in limited snaps, but we'll get into that again in just a little bit. But there's Leo Chanel, his departure. You saw, of course, then his brother, John, later in the week, the fullback for Wisconsin, you know, announced that he's going to enter, you know, going to be looking to get into the NFL draft. And Chanel with his presence, you know, you talk about Leo's for the defense. Johns was very much, you know, like every fullback, right? A little underrated, but he, again, showed what he could do, especially blocking and also those third down situations where, or short yardage where he's able to get those fullback dives for first downs. He scored a touchdown in the Las Vegas bowl off of some sort of, you know, like ran around the, the corner, got out, got the edge and hit the, the end zone there for Wisconsin's first score of the contest. And so, again, another versatile, player that it'll be interesting to see which NFL teams take a look at him Uh, but with John he played in all 13 games this season for Wisconsin obviously again the stats aren't going to look pretty because the way they utilized them but the way you know he had five career rushing touchdowns for that matter that included the one in the Las Vegas Bowl he can catch the ball out of the backfield you know he has under 200 and what 30 yards on this let me take a look i'm just making sure that i'm correct in that you know he yeah two under 230 yards for his career at wisconsin but was used and you know i think what made john so important was not just how he could be used but really who wasn't behind him as well you saw Quan easterling decide to enter the transfer portal mid season, right during the season. And now he's at an FCS program. So that left Chanel as, you know, the, the lone tight end. I mean, there's no one on the depth chart after John Chanel. Now you saw guys like this is before Easterling entered the transfer portal, but someone like cam large in the Illinois game, he kind of like, you know, he's a tight end, right? Redshirt freshman for this season. He kind of worked in the backfield in in like a fullback type role, but he was still listed as a tight end in that group. You you know, you've seen other players, you know, the tight ends and the fullbacks can be interchanged that way. Uh, You know, there are talks of, you know, even going through warmups of, you know, I was down on the field for the Minnesota game. You saw someone like a Riley Nowakowski, a walk-on, play, you know, taking reps and pregame reps with, you know, with, with Chanel and the running backs, uh, you saw you know, Colton Bartholomew, good friend over at the Wisconsin state journal report that TJ bowlers was working with, you know, we're a number 47 and working with the fullbacks during pregame warmups of the Las Vegas bowl. So you saw the importance of, you know, what if, you know, John Chanel didn't make it to the Las Vegas bowl, you know, that position group would have been looked a lot different, uh, compared to what you saw in the game on December 30th. So again, uh, one of the key question marks will be who steps up within that group or who emerges, who, you know, asserts themselves, you know, during spring ball into the fall camp, those two camps are going to be big. Uh, again, you know, with, with bowlers for me, it's, you know, was that, the question I only have with that is, you know, was that just a one-time only thing with him being a true freshman and, and whatnot and, and having low numbers at fullback or, uh, you know, also with Noel is that going to be something that's going to be standing out in terms of, you know, is that his new position now, uh, and whatnot, because uh, he, as of the game notes for Wisconsin, uh, for the Las Vegas, well, he was still noted as an outside linebacker. He's still listed as that in the game notes too. So that's going to be a position to watch. And I know me being a fullback enthusiast, that'll be one position I watch, for uh, Badger Blitz coming up during spring practices in just, gosh, maybe two and a half months, two and a half, three months from now. So again, stay tuned to that. But, you know, Chanel both losses in terms of the departures of Leo and John Chanel, you know, will make a difference on both sides of the ball in 2022. Uh, Let's see, um, other notes from the week. And, you know, we mentioned Jack Sanborn, About 20 hours ago, about 1230 right now, you know, said goodbye in in a tweet to Madison, essentially. And of course, you know, everyone talks about Chanel, but you look at what Sanborn did throughout his career at Wisconsin. Truly, uh, you know, talk about the nickname Death Row, which is the nickname for Wisconsin's linebackers, which has been passed down from Jack Cicci, Chris Orr, TJ Edwards, Ryan Connolly, Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel personified that group too. You know, this year alone for Sanborn, you know, being a three-year starter, but this year alone in 2021, 91 tackles, 16 tackles for loss. That's second on the team, five sacks, four quarterback hurries. Again, huge numbers put up by the senior. And even just looking at years past and what he's done, uh you cannot discount the production he did as a sophomore he led the team in tackles in front of chris or in front of zach bond with that vaunted defense in 2019 that just put pressure upon pressure on opposing opponents uh on yeah on opponents i should say but you know even in an abbreviated season last year 2020 52 tackles uh and whatnot four tackles for loss in 2020 and so he's had quite the career at Wisconsin. Both, you know, Chanel and, uh, you know, Sanborn leave, you know, it depend, you can talk and debate the legacy of duos where you had T.J. Edwards and Ryan Connolly. You had, you know, you go back even 2014 where you have Data Veranda, right? Marcus Trotter and Derek Landish were a really good duo. You had within the 3-4 scheme. And I try to keep it within the 3-4 scheme because it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, you look at when Wisconsin was in the 4-3 and you had Mike Taylor, Chris Borland and someone like an Ethan Armstrong step up, those were formidable groups that could just gobble up the running and, and just add on those statistics uh, in terms of tackles every week. So you try to keep it within, within that 3-4 scheme. Like I said, Trotter and Landish, uh, even, you know, Borland uh, the year prior and whoever he was matched up with uh, on the interior, you had Again, Edwards and Connolly, uh, Sitchi, when he was healthy, uh, you know, and Edwards together. Uh, gosh, you know, this is one of the best group, you know, pairings in Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin history in terms of linebackers, in terms of sheer production in my eyes. Again, Wisconsin will need to replace that. I guess, let's just go straight into that, right? Let's go straight into who's left for the inside linebackers. So I kind of wanted to devote this last five, six minutes to this group because who is next up, right? Um, you know, I looked at the position group for this season uh, and on the roster and also who's coming in. And that's, you know, and one, the one that's coming in is going to be an early enrollee and Aiden Vaughn. But, you know, the three that I'm looking at right away that have had some game experience, you know, first, you know, Tatum grass, uh, you know, walk on, from in-state, from Holman. You have Muma meta You know, both Grass and Meta are third-year players right now. They'll go into their fourth years at Wisconsin coming up in 2022. You also have Jordan Turner, who I'm really high on just based on the numbers. And this is where I kind of... It's hard, right? Like, for me, I really, you know, I try to keep my expectations low, especially on a low... You know, a little rep comp, right? And you see whether it's mop-up time, if it's meaningful snaps, etc. But with Turner, you know, I'm looking at pro football focus and their stats. So I'm going to tell you who I'm high on from this group. You know, I think there's, and let me just preface that by saying, this group has talent. You know, you like what Turner can do. Tate Grass was a steal as a walk-on. Zhang Meta flashed during spring ball in terms of his pressures and what he could do back in, you know, April 2021 from the five practices that we saw I, you know, I'm high on him too. Uh, You also have those like, you know, Jake Chaney, a true freshman, Jake Ratzlaff, Brian Sanborn, Garrison Soliday. You know, those were the ones on the roster for this year when I looked on the game notes before recording. You know, I really like Chaney and Ratzlaff from what I've seen. So far from them, even in like, you know, Chaney burnt a redshirt being on special teams and converting special teams could be big. Uh, But, you know, and Ratzlaff, you know, former Mr. Minnesota, I think he's, you know, going into the second year can make huge strides in learning the position too. But, you know, uh, but I look at Turner, who's going to be in his third year. He'll be a third year sophomore in 2022. He only played 24 snaps according to Pro Football Focus. And within the, so if you take those reported snaps as accurate or correct, he, he really demonstrated a lot in those limited reps. Now, some of them were, mop-up time like let's be honest ruckers right where you know he had he had two interceptions you know in mop-up time against ruckers and northwestern but the way he made the play in that second half against the scarlet knights and and grabbing the pass and you know and i remember you know we had an article on him back during that time just talking about reeling in that interception and he wanted to take it to the house uh but you know but that didn't happen but you know he stood out to me, especially I think it solidified it further in the Las Vegas Bowl where he got seven snaps. Now that's not a lot, right? Compared to what Arizona State ran, but for that matter, he had four tackles on that day. Uh, if, if you take that seven snaps again, it's correct. He recorded four tackles out of those seven plays. On top of that, it was a, there was one that was a key tackle for loss. Against Arizona State, on the, when they were driving inside Wisconsin territory, nearing the red zone, and he had a huge seven-yard lo- you know, tackle for loss against Jaden Daniels. And so, again, it, it, take that for what you will, but just what he did with a couple of picks and mop-up time and some meaningful snaps in the Las Vegas Bowl, you know, I think they can expect some big things from Turner next year' we'll, and obviously we'll see what happens with winter conditioning what happens with spring ball and fall camp just how he progresses. Um, when you look at someone like grass and Jung Meta like those two players, you know Jung Meta had 58 snaps according to pro football focus on defense. looks at someone like Tate Grass. I'm looking up his he had 63 according to pro Football focus. So I think those are two names that you're gonna have to watch for. Uh, but again, I think there's such young talent. With, with, you know, Chaney and Ratzleff. You know, Gengler, Ross Gengler, a walk-on has been in the program too now, going into, I think this is going to be his third year now too. So I think the position's bright. And then you have Aiden Vaughn, who I really think is a steal. You know, you, you got bumped up to a high three-star caliber prospect for the 2022 class. But, you know, Bob Bostead talked about him. We have that. You go to Badger Blitz, you know, our YouTube channel, We lay out, you know, he talks at at length when I asked him about how the relationship started, the skill set that he can bring. And, you know, he was high on, uh, as as all assistants should be, by the way, disclaimer, or else why are you signing him? But you like, you know, you talked about that skill set that stood out, the running real well, being sudden, being explosive, being physical for what he did in high school too. So I think there's, a lot of positivity there for him, and once he continues to grow into that position, I think you know a couple years from now, that'll be interesting to see how he grows within Wisconsin defense. So I think the position group, I think Death Row can continue its dominance, but you know next year will be a transition year just to see you know who emerges as starters, who emerges as contributors for that group because it will be needed because we've seen just how important the inside linebackers have been within the three four scheme, and you know particularly too. With just how Jim Leonard uses those players within his defense, so I'll stop talking from there, folks. Uh, Take one more quick, more quick break, pay some more bills, come back, wrap up the show here on BadgerBlitz.com and the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. It's Jay Kokorowski one last time after the break. Thank you once again for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on. You know, Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. For me, it's at Jay Coco K O C O. For John McNamara, at McNamara Rivals. Ben Wargle at the Badger Nation. And then Raul Vasquez, our staff writer, Raul V forty five. For this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. I think everywhere that you can find podcasts, we're there. So tune in that. If not, let us know. Heck, we'll we'll be there to pick it up and uh, try to try to expand our, you know, just how far we can reach for our YouTube channel. We're trying to promote that. We're nearing 750 subscribers, please. It's free. Just like the podcast, you subscribe to a podcast, you subscribe to YouTube. That's all free. Uh, that's not a rivals membership. So, you know, hit that subscribe button there and you'll get all the uploaded content from, you know, you'll get all the up-to-date interviews, etc., cetera, podcasts, from both types of medium media there and then of course badgerblitz.com wisconsin.rivals.com we got more coming up you know i have my positional reviews the offensive line will be up later today or later this weekend Uh, i'm going position by position we have obviously wisconsin maryland this weekend ben Morgan will have the coverage there anything drops in terms of football news in terms of potential offensive line hires anything more we'll let you know too Uh, i have and analysis there both written video podcasts likely uh and then of course you know we have basketball coverage throughout the week not just against maryland uh, and anything that happens on the recruiting trail uh make sure that you tune in there and we'll make sure we take care of you too because we'll obviously be writing all week and you know you know how it is with reporting it never stops so that's what uh we're here at bedroom blitz.com for so y'all take care have a wonderful weekend please be safe please be healthy please be good to each other We'll talk to you next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.